Self-preservation is one of the most basic human instinct to us. The idea of continuing human life by protecting our existence, either by creating a world or loved ones can enjoy and live in peacefully, is a really powerful thing. Therefore, regardless of what we believe, whether left or right wing, at least nearly all of us want a better world. Historically, our ancestors have moved from one place to another as hunter-gatherers in search of new places with more resources. But when these resources were finished in those places, they then moved to another. As seen in modern geography, the location of cities and towns, they all seem to be located near places of abundance, such as near rivers or ports or fertile land to support the agriculture. All this was done to support the populations that lived in those cities in the most sustainable way. I managed to count at least 16 capital cities in Europe that have at least one river flowing through or next to the city. And the Danube River flows through four European capital cities, Vienna, Bratislava, Budapest, and Belgrade. But now, with most of the earth discovered, we are left with very few options because we can't simply move to another place on earth where there'll be a greater abundance of resources as our ancestors would have done. I know some of you have put all your faith in Elon Musk to take us to another planet. <laughs> but as of today, we're still stuck on this planet. So it's time to look at the challenges we have so we can start trying to solve them. I'm part of the Boy Scouts movement and no, our life is not just about selling cookies for fundraising or having adventures in the wild like Bear Grylls. It's also about helping to keep our environment as good as it can be. It's also worth to know what difficulties we're facing in MedTech towards achieving these sustainability goals. Welcome to MedTech 101, a podcast where we discuss matters around medical technology and pharmaceutical drugs in a way that almost anyone can understand. My name is Rodney Moses. I'm a biomedical engineer who has a published patent for a medical device that's going to help the lives of thousands of chemotherapy patients. I've spent my entire working career in research and development for medical technology, working on cool devices that are still yet to hit the market orthopedic implants, and the classics such as asthma inhalers. I've worked for one of the biggest med tech companies in the world, Johnson & Johnson, among several others. If you'd like to reach out on LinkedIn or on Instagram or any of the other social media platforms, please look at the description below. That's where the links are. And yeah, so getting straight to it then. What is sustainability? 
In the broadest sense, sustainability refers to the ability to maintain a process continuously over time. So basically meaning how can we do something over a very long time. In business and policy context, sustainability seeks to prevent the depletion of natural or physical resources so that they can be available for a very, very long time. And we have seen several meetings that have occurred, such as the COP27 that happened in Egypt last year, the sustainability development goals that were issued by the United Nations, and all this seemed to be pointed towards Agenda 2030, which plans to see companies more sustainable, working towards net zero. However, MedTech faces a lot of difficulties when it comes to sustainable development or sustainable growth. And it's one of the things we're going to be talking about today. And there are three points which I aim to talk about today that basically are slowing down MedTech in terms of working towards these goals. So number one, medical grade materials. Medical grade materials are materials that have been tested and approved for use in medical devices. And these materials must meet a certain standard for purity, compatibility with our bodies and performance to ensure that they are safe and effective for use in us. Because obviously the last thing we want is a material that's not good enough for obvious reasons. However, material regrind or recycling is not always useful because when you try to remold or remelt some of the materials, they don't really come back with the same quality as the first time round. Produced medical grade materials have to meet regulatory stipulations. They have to be of that same quality as the first time around. Limitations in what grade material can be used in medical devices means that there's some sort of materials that have to be thrown away and sadly because they simply don't meet the grade. And I know it's quite tempting for us to think that, oh, we can just change the material and we can just proceed with this new one. But the amount of work required to do a material change on a medical device can be really expensive, especially for a lot of companies. Companies that still haven't broke even in terms of profit for that product because it cost them so much money in research and development will definitely try to keep the expenses down by not wanting to sort of start the work process of doing the documentation for that new material so they'll rather just stick to the old material number two maintaining sterility We are fighting against bugs every single day and this becomes a huge problem when we're working with medical devices because we have to sterilize them using several methods which I'm going to cover shortly but the reason why we sterilize them and make sure that they're sterile is because they're going to be delivered to a patient and it's important for us to deliver a sterile product to a patient and one such bug that we are fighting is called Staphylococcus aureus called Staph for short which can be found on the skin of most people at any given point but when it's outside our body it's usually just fine and harmless but when it gets inside the body then it becomes really really harmful to us and some of these bugs have developed a crazy amount of drug resistance because obviously they have evolved and certain antibiotics don't work on them anymore therefore when we talk about sterility it has to start at the factory 
We don't want dirty hands working on medical devices that are going to be implanted into someone's body for 20 years. Therefore, we have to have clean room productions that have single-use PPE. And by PPE, I mean personal protective equipment that you have to wear to make sure that you don't take any germs from the outside world into the clean room. And methods that are used to sterilize medical devices include aseptic sterilization, which basically is high temperature, short time thermal process to commercially sterilize a product and fill the cooled sterile products into a pre-sterilized package in a sterile environment. And the second one being ethylene oxide which is actually one of the most used sterilization methods in the industry. However, this was used as an insecticide in the past, but because studies showed that it also was capable of causing cancer in people, it was kind of sort of like limited in terms of how we use it in our daily lives. But the amount used in medical devices is very little and safe, so there's nothing to worry about. And the third method of sterilizing our medical devices is irradiation. Radiation is safe and cost-effective when it comes to sterilizing single-use medical devices such as syringes. One of the key advantages of this is that we can actually sterilize packaged medical products. And the most common radioisotope or the radioactive material used to do this is called cobalt-60. Steam is also used or dry heat. Heat sterilization is typically divided into steam sterilization and dry heat. Steam sterilization and heat have many similarities such as the ability to sterilize virtually all organisms without any toxic residue or waste because at the end of the day it's mostly just heat. But they also have their differences. Steam sterilization can distort or corrode or wet the materials whereas the dry heat can degrade and melt many heat sensitive materials on those devices. So it's like a balance trick we have to just get it correctly and the last one and which is the fifth way medical devices are sterilized is by using vaporized hydrogen peroxide which is basically a deep vacuum low temperature vapor process that has traditionally been used you know just to sterilize medical devices in patient care facilities so to reduce the chance of contamination of the medical implants we have two or more layers packaging that device and the idea behind this is to have certain packages removed at certain stages of that medical device being delivered to a patient. So an example being if you're getting a hip replacement implant, the implant has to be covered to a certain degree at when it's just outside the theater. And then when it's closer to the patient, there should only be one layer which will then also be removed so that we increase the chances of delivering a a sterile product to that patient to reduce the infection and other sort of complications that could arise from not having a sterile product. One interesting thing that happens in the operating room or in the theater is the control of the airflow. Laminar airflow ventilation is used to keep all the sort of germ particles circulating in the air away from the patient whilst they're being operated and this has 
has been happening for a while after results showed that infection really had a huge impact on the success of these medical devices so a new way and a smart way of keeping the germs away was also introduced by creating those conditions additionally some medical devices even have labels instructing the doctors not to use them if the package they come in is damaged because it's really really important for us to maintain this sterility but at the same time we just end up producing so much packaging materials for medical devices for them to be delivered sterile which also doesn't help us achieve our sustainability goals and the third one being incentives the healthcare system often prioritizes the availability of the latest medical technologies over sustainable considerations. This means that there may be limited incentives for manufacturers to invest in sustainable production processes or materials. We also have to think about the price of the medical device, especially if they're for a life-saving purpose. For instance, if you have an asthma inhaler that you need to go by in your day-to-day -day life, would you be willing to pay 10 times more the price so that you have a sustainable material that's useful or do you prefer to have a low price and you know that you can have your medical device so these are some of the things that the market has to deal with which also slows down our sustainability goals because if you're trying to do business and you try to get the best sustainable materials as long as your competitors are not doing that you're basically pricing yourself out of that market because people are always going to want something that's as cheap as possible especially if they're both equally effective or they both have the same efficacy so additionally incentives to support the supply chain of the medical device industry could make a huge difference because when you think about it we have materials that are sourced from different countries different places and different companies and they're basically brought together to make this final medical device product so if we're going to be talking about helping us get towards those sustainability goals, we have to, the government has to make incentives that go way deep into the supply chain. And there's an interesting interview I was actually listening to the other day by Milton Friedman about how a simple pencil requires the involvement of many, many industries to make it. Because you've got someone who makes the eraser, someone who makes the graphite, someone who makes the paint for that pencil, and someone who makes the wood. Not to even mention the woodcutters and everyone involved. So this just shows an example of how deep the supply chain goes into making a single product. Therefore, in conclusion, while sustainable medical devices are desirable for the environment, there's still quite a lot of challenges that we have to overcome to make this a reality. Addressing this challenge challenges will require the collaboration between regulatory bodies, healthcare providers, manufacturers and customers. Possibly, I also want to think about some solutions as to how could we start working towards a more sustainable method of production for medical devices and I thought of three R's. These three R's of sustainability are reduce, reuse, recycle. I'll repeat that again. Reduce, reuse, recycle so if we start applying this three hours of sustainability towards our production we can start to see possible solutions that could come out of this so for instance for the materials issue that we first mentioned about medical grade materials one way to solve this would be by 
sort of reusing the material especially the worst products in production we could do this by selling this sort of like waste materials to other industries that are less regulated industries that basically can buy this from medical device companies as a raw material and i couldn't help but think of how some of the plastic for example this could be used to create toys for children because in theory it hasn't been used by patients but at the same time it's still plastic that can be molded into a toy then for a second point sterility we can try find ways to reduce the materials used for packaging without compromising the sterile nature of the medical devices. And I'm quite confident about this one because as technology advances, we seem to have an endless flow of capabilities we can do. So this is something we could try to do. And for the third point regarding incentives, we have to push business competition to be regulated by law so that everyone in the industry is forced to use these certain materials. However, I understand they'll be expensive at the start or they'll be expensive. Additionally, what could happen is we could see the government getting more involved, helping subsidize for these new materials that are sustainable. Once the government subsidizes them, it makes them more affordable for production and we can start working towards recyclable materials materials that are more friendly that have a less impact on the environment so today we basically spoke about the history of where sustainability came from and what our ancestors used to do but at the same time, we also touched on the difficulties the medical device industry is facing in terms of working towards that net zero sustainability goals they have. And one of the issues they're having is the medical grade materials. The second one being trying to maintain the sterility of the medical devices. And here we touched on five ways medical devices are sterilized. Obviously, there's more ways we couldn't talk about today, but we touched on the seven method of sterilization, the use of ethylene oxide, the use of radiation, the use of dry heat or steam, and lastly, the use of vaporized hydrogen peroxide in achieving this goal, which also then leads to points we talked about why we have extra layers of packaging on a medical device, and also the reasons why we have that looking at the specific bugs that are giving us problems. We're trying to keep out of our patients wounds or from the patient in general and the third one being incentives but we also touched on the three r's of sustainability which are reuse recycle reduce so i know it sounds a little bit catchy but um yeah so that's basically why medtech is struggling and just real quick before i go i just want to take this opportunity to thank everyone who's been listening to this podcast and if you have friends and family who you think might be interested please do let them know about this podcast because that's the only way to grow and uh, yeah i appreciate all the feedback that i've had so far and those who have reached out on linkedin thank you very much i hope you keep enjoying this content and i'll also be working to produce more content that's more engaging more fun and at the same time also increasing the knowledge and shining the light on this industry